Hello, everyone. This is David Startouch, founder of Survivor Hero. Welcome to Positive Talk. And we are here to help you rock your hero story and stay positive in the face of overwhelming news these days and events. So before we get started, we're going to be covering uh, the book, again, What Doesn't Kill Us, The New Psychology of Post-Traumatic Growth by Dr. Stefan Joseph, PhD. We're on signpost three, but before we get started on that, I would kind of, I would like to just address some of the events that have been going on, and uh, I was on the fence about whether to do this before or after the series, but I think it's important to do it during, just concurrently. The Me Too movement has opened up a lot of conversations, and there's been a lot of, a few posts out there about how do men engage, what is it like for men, and and I have, I have a few thoughts on this that we'll, I'll be discussing further on Facebook. But for in the meantime, I would really like to encourage all men right now to just listen, just to compassionately listen without judgment, without, inc- without you know, interrogation or going for too far into it. Let women share whatever they choose to share. If they just choose to share me too, wonderful. If they want to go into detail, just compassionately listen to their story. It is not, right now, this movement is so young, there's not a lot of time. Well, it's not the right time for action. But this is definitely a, an opportunity for men to just take some time to listen to the situation. Now, I understand, yes, men actually may be a part of the Me Too. Men could be the perpetrators or the predators as well. So there's all sorts of the areas to this. But right now we're in the middle of a culture change. And I've just noticed a lot of silence among men, which I hope means they're compassionately listening. But I would just encourage uh, all men to just be there to support women as they speak their stories, sometimes for the first time, and be witness to a part of this culture shift and see how we can support. So a compassionate listening is really the best thing we can do. All right, so uh, that said, uh, I will have much more to say on Facebook. If you were just joining us for the first time, again, my name is David Startouch. I am a PhD candidate uh, in psychology, uh, specializing in cogn- uh, philosophy and cognitive neuroscience. My clinical master's is, uh, yes, I'm a licensed uh, clinical counselor, uh, is in community counseling, and I work in Boulder, Colorado. I work in crisis, um, primarily working in the emergency room doing uh, crisis work, helping people get help, and I am also a certified life coach. I must preface that none of this is therapy. This falls under the self-help, coaching, and uh, wellness section, and uh, there's my legal disclaimer out of the way there. So uh, this is actually a book from, it's called again, What Doesn't Kill Us, The New Psychology of Post-Traumatic Growth by uh, Dr. Stefan Joseph. He's one of the leaders in this field, and in this later section of the book, it is referred to as the Thrive Model. Uh, so for those who are maybe just joining us, uh, that's okay. You can go ahead and listen, and I just encourage you to start at Signpost 1, which is the very first podcast, uh, when you have time, and kind of work forward back to where you are now. Uh, the episodes are listed in 20 minutes, so they're easily digestible. Now, the first Signpost was about six episodes. The seventh episode was about how to find a therapist. Uh, the eighth episode and it actually went out uh, labeled incorrectly. I do apologize for that, but that is the eighth episode. And you can see it, it comes right after the seventh in publishing. Uh, it is about signpost two. Now uh, we completed signpost two in that entire episode, and we are now moving on to signpost three. These uh, later episodes will be pretty short, but I believe they are very helpful for healing your own trauma and really rising above, which is what post-traumatic growth is all about. 
And as always, with all of these signposts, I encourage you to have a notebook or um, journal or something handy if you want to take notes. If you're listening to the car, you know, you, you can listen to this many times as you like. But make some notes about what may resonate for you or something to come back to. And if you can note the time, if you're watching this on a um, YouTube or if you're watching this, uh, listening to this on a podcast, and then come back to that time. So uh, that can be very helpful. We've got this in a wide variety of mediums, so be sure to subscribe to the one that works best for you. If you're uh, not sure how to do that, you, however you're listening to this now is great. You can also go to the Survivor to Hero website and click on Podcasts, and we have, we're have we on pretty much every network at this point. iTunes, Android, we can do it by email, RSS, uh, and see, also Stitcher, and uh, TuneIn. So all the major networks. And uh, we'd be on Spotify, but they're very selective and very few people are getting on there. So we'll just see. Eventually, we may get there, too. Okay, so as we begin, signpost three, reauthoring. David Kessler is a leader in the field of hospice care. One night, he was working in the, on the cancer ward. He began talking to a nurse who was emotionally devastated, having just lost a patient, her sixth that week. The nurse said to him that she felt like she couldn't take it anymore. David asked her to follow him. Grabbing her by the hand, he led her to another wing of the hospital. He walked her up to a glass partition, behind which were the newborn babies in the maternity ward. Doing what you do, he said. You need to come here often to remind yourself that life is not only about loss. He had helped her reauthor her understanding of her job. Reauthoring begins with how we think of ourselves in relation to trauma. Language is important. There is a big difference between describing ourselves as victims and describing ourselves as survivors or thrivers, and I'm going to interject, or heroes. The term victim implies passively defeat, helplessness, whereas the term survivor implies recovery, a recognition that the person has gotten through an adversity and taken back control of his or her life. But the term thriver goes even further. It implies activity, mastery, and hope. Thrivers have not only gotten through the adversity, but have moved beyond the trauma and found meaning and purpose. What other words would you associate with being a thriver? Can interject, hero. All right. Take a few minutes to think about what words you associate with each of these terms, victim, survivor, and thriver. Which of these words best describes you? Reauthoring involves moving from thinking of ourselves as victims to thinking of ourselves as survivors and then as thrivers. How do we turn ourselves into thrivers? Keep in mind that the victims, survivors, and thrivers are not fixed personality types. Rather, they represent different mindsets. All of us can cultivate the thriver mindset if we choose to. The next section, cultivate the growth mindset. Thrivers are those who are able to reauthor their experiences and tell themselves new stories. Thrivers possess a growth mindset. This is the view that change is possible. 
Those with a growth mindset see change as an opportunity to grow by being flexible in their stories about who they are, what happened, who is responsible. Such people are able to look at things from a different angles and ask themselves awkward questions and consider new perspectives. Reauthoring involves telling a new story about who you are, about the role of trauma in your life, and about how what happened has been a part of your journey. It is a story of how the event fits in your life. Life is complex. Often, there are different ways of looking at things. And indeed, those people who are flexible enough to consider alternatives tend to do better. Making sense of ourselves is a lifelong process. And our life story is a work in progress. And the meaning of life is not fixed, but rather varies from person to person, day to day, hour to hour. What's important in reauthoring then is the ability to build connections between the past, the present, and the future. The ability to look at the past through a different lens. The following example illustrates the difficulty of developing a new way of thinking once an old way has been established. Question. What do you call a tree that grows from acorns? Answer. An oak. Question. What do you call a funny story? Answer. A joke. Question. What sound is made by a frog? Answer. A croak. Question. The white of an egg? Answer. Question mark, question mark. Because. Now, just to kind of put it all together, they might say a yoke. All right. Uh, so, we're going to move on to the next section here. That, they just kind of stop there. Using metaphors. We need to choose our metaphor wisely because the wrong ones can limit the ways in which we cope. People think metaphors think metaphorically all the time, whether they are aware of it or not. This is what people do. If you want to change, you need to pay attention to the words you use. Sometimes people trap themselves in their own stories. Traumatized people often say things like, I feel like a bird who's been put into to, who has been put in a cage. I feel like I'm a frog. I feel like all the doors in the house have been bolted. It's like I'm lost in a dark forest. It's like I'm swimming against the tide. It's like I'm standing on the edge of a cliff. It's like I'm on a, in a boat with no paddles being taken by the tide. It's like I'm on a roller coaster. Metaphors serve as guides to our actions. Do any of the above seem to fit you? Do you have any of your own? Take a few minutes to think about what metaphors you have used to describe yourself and how they may be part of your life story. Feel free to pause this, by the way, if you need to do that. If you're driving, of course, feel free to keep going. To free yourself from trauma, you need to use your images, stories, analogies, and metaphors creatively. After all, cages have doors that open, Fogs eventually lift. Bolts can be undone. If it's dark out, we can wait until the day, or we can wait until the daylight. And if it's we're caught up in the tide, we can point ourselves towards the shore. The stories we use to describe our lives can trap us, but they can also free us if we think imaginatively. After her husband left, Lynn wasn't coping well. She wasn't dealing effectively with the pressures at work, and she was frightening, frightened of losing her job. Suffering from anxiety, panic attacks, and depression, she went in to see her general practitioner, who listened to her story, thought for a bit, and then said to her, It sounded, though, as if she were a pot about ready to boil over. In a state of desperation, Lynn eagerly latched on to this metaphor. It seemed to make sense to her. She started taking an antidepressant because the doctor told her it would help her turn the heat down a bit. At this time, she, it, this seemed to make sense to Lynn. Several months later, 
I spoke with her. I do feel better, she said. But the problems at work are still there. I think the medication helped me feel better, but I think it did this by shutting me down to what was going on around me and what I needed to do. I didn't deal with the situation. I'm still not sure about my job, but I just don't seem to be as worried. In fact, I feel I should be more worried, but I'm not. I talked with Lynn about how people choose their metaphors and how these metaphors can shape their actions that people take. She nodded. I hadn't thought of it like that, she said. But I don't understand. Are you saying that it was wrong for the doctor to tell me that I was a pot starting to boil? No, I replied. In this case, the doctor was using a metaphor that he believed would explain why he thought the medication would be helpful for you. Someone else might have worded it differently. What about lifting the pot off the cooker or turning the gas off? That's what people would do if a pot was boiling. So, what would that look like in your life? Lynn thought about this for a minute. Then she says, I need a holiday, actually, just to get away for a couple of weeks. I'm entitled to take a holiday. I don't know why I didn't think of doing that before. I think I need a good rest and some time away to think things through. I need to take the pot off the cooker for a bit. We talked some more, and I asked her to think about different metaphors for her situation. She soon got the hang of it. She imagined herself on a raft floating a river, when suddenly it hit the rapids. What would you do then? I asked. There's not much you can do, but hang on in the situation, she said. Okay, but what would that look like? We further explored this further, and some of my suggestions included making better use of her social support systems, teaching herself calming and relaxation exercises. We explored other metaphors. You're walking through a forest, but the path disappears and you don't know which direction to go in. Then thought about this for a little longer. Before Michael left, it was like I knew what my path was. But now I have to find my own way and decide where I want to go. I have to make my own path. Many therapists suggest metaphors to help people make sense of their experiences, and this can be helpful, but it can also be harmful. What's important is to know that metaphors are only tools for reflection about what is happening in your life, tools that can potentially allow you to see things from a new perspective and thereby seek new situations and new solutions. The lesson to be learned from this is that it's important to choose your metaphors consciously. Explore how you use them to make sense of your experiences and to guide your actions. Play around with different metaphors. Many people use images of trees, saplings, thickets, and forests, whether dense, stunted, fruitful, dark, leafy, or sparse. Take a, take a few minutes to use one of these images to describe yourself as you are now. Now, think about how you would change this image. A sparse tree grows back its leaves in the summertime, and a dense thicket eventually clears if you keep walking. Now we're hitting a new section, expressive writing. Reauthoring can often take a literal form. On a blank sheet of paper, write out what's bothering you. Write for a solid 10 minutes and then stop. Do the same thing every day for a week. Make it a ritual. Find a comfortable place to write. A place where you feel that you've stepped outside of your everyday life. Vary the style in which you write. Try writing from someone else's perspective, for example. Or try writing a letter that you wouldn't send or won't send. Try writing a fairy tale. At the top of the page, begin with Once Upon a Time 
and keep writing for 10 minutes. Don't let your pen leave the paper. When you come back, you just see what you've written. Ask yourself, who are the main characters? A princess, a prince, a wicked witch, or a warlock? Consider whose characters these might re- uh, who these characters might represent. What is the story telling you about? Is it fighting evil? Is it trying to escape? How do these characters cope? What strategies do they use? What resources do they mobilize? What gives them the strength to rise to the challenges they face? And how does the story end? Asking yourself such questions can foster your sense of agency and bolster resilience through identifying new ways of coping. Keep this process going for the next seven days and let your imagination help you to see things differently. Remember, just put pen to the paper and write. Don't stop. Just write whatever comes to mind and after 10 minutes stop. Do this regularly. Reflect on what you have written. It can help you see things from a new perspective and even make new connections while you find new insights. And folks, I want to say that is the end of Signpost 3. Congratulations. So uh, Signpost 1 was six episodes with one appendix for Finding a Therapist. Signpost 2 was one episode and Signpost 3 was also one. We'll start Signpost 4 next week as usual. And I would just kind of like to uh, go back over some of the things a little bit. I actually noticed I said frog instead of fog, uh, which is always just an interesting slip of the tongue, but it's, it's kind of funny. Metaphors that we think or that just show up in our lives, make note of those and uh, see how things go. So I'm a big fan of let's just try it on and see how it works. Dr. Stefan Joseph was giving some advice that can take some minutes to hours to days, and you can implement those however fits best for you. Feel free to listen to this recording over and over, and again, one of the reasons I am actually reading this section to you is that when you have PTSD, sometimes it's very difficult to read. I do encourage you to pick up this book. Um, Again, it's What Doesn't Kill Us, The New Psychology of Post-Traumatic Growth by Dr. Stefan Joseph, PhD. And you can follow along with me. You'll notice I may miss a word or two or substitute another phrase unconsciously um, or add different pauses and commas. And that is part of my own process. And I try to do this as accurately as possible, but these things happen. So again, everyone is on their own journey. And I would like to encourage you to just uh, really do self-care with your own, with yourself as you're doing this. Be kind to yourself. And dive deeply into the metaphors. In cognitive therapy, we often look at uh, the words, belief systems, and whatnot. And the words you're using and the stories you tell yourself are very powerful. They can change everything. So I encourage you, David Startouch, to embrace your hero story. Be a rock star in your own life. Just try it. See what happens. And roll with the punches. Roll with the mistakes. And remember, each mistake just means that you're at least making an effort and you can learn from them. So if things aren't going right, that's okay. It will get better. All right, uh, we're right at 21 minutes, so I'm just going to sign off now, and thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe on SurvivorToHero.com, uh, uh, iTunes, Android, Stitcher, and tune in. Email as well as RSS. Have a beautiful day. Namaste.